Amen. I want to invite you to go with me, please, to the book of First Chronicles, chapter 4 and verse 9 and 10 this morning. First Chronicles, in your Old Testament, chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. If you didn't bring your Bible, we'll have it here on the screen, or you can uh, follow on your digital device. This is one of the most famous prayers in the Bible, and I'm sure in our culture as well. I want to share this with you today as we read the words of Scripture. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez, saying, Because I bore him with pain. Now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit among us. We thank you for the word of God, which is so powerful and life-giving to the believer. And I ask this morning that you would anoint my lips of clay to teach and preach the word of the living God. And I ask you to anoint the hearing of this congregation, that they might uh, receive the word with gladness and that it might be fruitful in their lives. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to share with you from the prayer of Jabez, because it is, uh, as I mentioned, one of the most famous prayers in all of the Bible, but it's also... Interesting in its context, when you read First and Second Chronicles, which were originally one book, you read the genealogies of the nation of Israel and the names of the people that came out of, the, out of Egypt and into the Promised Land and their families. And so it is a, a long listing of names. If you've ever tried to read through the entire book, you know uh, the, the difficulty that that might pose. But in the middle of that list that we find in chapter 4 regarding the tribe of Judah, which incidentally is the tribe from which the Lord Jesus Christ will eventually come into human history, we find a man whose name is given, but more than his name is given, a little bit of his story is given also. And this is significant because when the Holy Spirit was inspiring the writing of these lists and the uh, genealogies were being composed so that you and I would have a, an accurate study of the way that the Messiah came into the world, the Holy Spirit inspired the writer of First Chronicles to insert these two verses of Scripture and to give us a little bit more detail on the life of, Jer- of uh, Jabez in particular, a prayer that he prayed. Now this is significant, I believe, because uh, something about Jabez stood out. And something about him made him uh, a man that was uh, worthy of, of mention, but also a man whose life was not ordinary or common. It was in an extraordinary life. I pray that this morning, this is our desire and our prayer as well. That our life will not just simply fade into the pages of history. 
that our name would not simply just be added to the long list of people who have walked the face of the earth. But I believe it's God's will and desire for each of his children to be highlighted and that their life be significant. That our life in some way make a difference and produce a change in our world. And Jabez is an example to us of how a life can be just that. How a life can be significant and used of God. And how a simple prayer can be transformative in the human life. How many of you believe in the power of prayer this morning? God has given us these extraordinary gifts uh, through which we can uh, be in relationship with Him. And if we will seize the power of prayer in our life, our life can be significant for, uh, for time and for eternity as well. Now the Bible tells us about Jabez as his painful beginning. It says that his mother named him Jabez because he was born in pain. She gave birth to him perhaps through a difficult uh, pregnancy, through a difficult labor. And so when she named him, as many mothers in the Bible did, they often named their children in accordance with some uh, event in history or some event in their life. And in this case, they named Jabez with the name that signified pain and difficulty. Now when you understand the power of a name, you understand how difficult it would have been for Jabez to live with that, with such a name. The names and titles that we carry in life seem to define us and oftentimes they shape the way our life uh, is formed. When a father, for instance, uh, speaks a, a name uh, over his son or his daughter and uh, calls them maybe dumb or stupid or says, uh, uh, ignorant boy, these, these titles, these names, they tend to stick. They have a spiritual component to them, which can long uh, endure in the life of an individual. In the same way, when a father or a mother calls their child uh, good names and says they're a good boy and, a, and a, a, uh, a strong young man, and you're going to be a success, that that boy or that young lady can grow up to be the very thing that they see uh, their father or their mother calling them. I've seen boys uh, or young men who were tall and strong and uh, who were big and yet uh, were afraid on the football field because in their mind they were small. And then I've seen other boys that were uh, small and scrawny and uh, would be blown away by the slightest breeze and yet when they went out on the field with courage and uh, nobody uh, could take them down as far as they were concerned because their father had said to them, you can do it. And that is the power of our name. That is the power of the titles that we bear. And I believe this morning that there may be some titles that are defining your life, uh, which are limiting your life. Maybe there are titles that someone gave to you. Maybe there are names that someone gave to you. Maybe there are names you gave to yourself. Maybe there are uh, experiences you've had that have been defining in your life and have turned out to be limiting in your life. But I want to tell you this morning that whatever those labels may be, there is a power in God to change and transform the direction of your life. 
God wants to redefine who you are. He wants to redefine your life so that you reflect the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. And so that you bear the name which God desires for you to bear. And so I want to speak to somebody this morning that needs things to change in their life. I want to speak to you this morning that would say, Preacher, things got to change. Something has to change in my life. I can't go on the way I'm going. I can't keep doing things the way they've been done. There has to be a a shifting in my life. There has to be a move in my life. I need God to manifest His power on my behalf. I've come to tell you this morning that our God is a changing and a, a God who transforms lives. And that He is able to do that in your life if you will come to Him by faith this morning. There is no negative circumstance. There is no negative label that should be permanent in the life of the believer because you are a child of the living God and He is a transformer of every situation in our life. Say amen, somebody. And I want to speak to those of you who have a dream this morning. Those of you who have a vision of what you want to see your life become. Of what you would like to see for your family. Of what you hope your future to be. And I want you to hold on to that dream this morning and realize that God is the fulfiller of your dreams. And He is the one that can make a vision into a reality. He is the one that can take a plan and make it come to pass. If you will uh, operate in the same faith that Jabez operated in. Now the Bible tells us that Jabez received this name. But it also tells us that he did something which brought a change into his life. And this is what I want to commend to you this morning. If you say, Pastor, I need things to change in my life. Well, the answer is right here in verse 10. The Bible says, Jabez called upon God. Do you realize that calling on God is the first step to change in your life? I don't know what needs to change I don't know what, tra- what, ne- what needs to shift in your life, but I do know this. I know that nothing will change until you pray. Nothing will change until you call on God. God has given you a weapon which is able to change history, which is able to move the events of time. And that weapon is more than simply uh, a, a vote at the ballot box. It's not simply the ability to earn a paycheck. God has put in your hands the ability to move history by talking to Him and calling upon Him in faith. He said, Jabez called upon the Lord. Is there anybody in here this morning that has a testimony of what God does for those who call upon Him? The Bible says, God speaking, call upon me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. Our God always answers when we call. Say amen somebody. Our God is glorified by the believing prayer of the saints. God is glorified by you and I coming to Him in faith and in prayer and acknowledging that he has what we need. Jabez called upon God and this act of prayer would be transformative in his life. As I mentioned before, nothing will change until you pray. 
When you uh, need a, a, a transformation in your soul, you need to be saved. You've got to come to God and call upon Him. If you want to be healed, call upon God. If you want your family to be saved, call upon God. If you want to see a transformation in America, call upon God. Why? We have this promise in the Word of God. It says that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face... God says, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Come on, somebody. Our God is a prayer answering God. And when you and I call upon him in faith as Jabez did, we open the door for miracles in our life. Prayer changes things. I said prayer changes things. And you and I, by prayer, can see the hand of God moving and operating in, the, in our life, in our world. We can see by prayer the way that God manifests His power on our behalf. The United States of America was born uh, as a nation because of a praying people. The first great awakening in this continent brought about the birth of a nation uh, which you and I enjoy the freedoms of today. One of my favorite stories of that time is the story of a man named Isaac Watts. He was a Quaker. He was loyal to the British crown. One day he came into the house and he sat at his dinner table and he began to sob, began to weep. And he, he, uh, he was weeping in his kitchen as his wife saw him and she said, Isaac, what is, what's taking over you? What are you crying about? And he said, I know that the the British Empire is going to lose this war. It was in the middle of the American Revolution. She said, why do you say that? And he said, well, today as I was walking through the woods, I heard the voice of a great uh, a number of men who were talking. So I, I assumed that they were the, the colonial army. And I, I approached them in the woods. And when I looked closer, I realized it was not the voice of many men but the voice of one man. And it was the voice of General George Washington. He was down on his knees in the snow. And he was imploring the help of heaven on his behalf. And he said, I know when I heard him pray that they cannot fail but win in this conflict. And I tell you today, God answered the prayer of a praying general. And God is still answering the prayer of any man or woman who will call upon him by faith. Come on, somebody. He said, call upon me and I will answer you. And Jabez called upon God. What did he ask God for? First thing he asked God for was the blessing. He said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Everyone say that with me. Bless me indeed. You know, there is a difference between blessings and the blessing. Blessings are things. And the things are often confused with the blessing. When we see someone get a new house or a new car, we say that's a blessing. Or that person is blessed. But really, those things are not the blessing. Uh, They are simply the results of the blessing of God on someone's life. And so Jabez doesn't ask for blessings. But he asks God for the blessing. He says, bless me 
Indeed, what is the blessing? The blessing is God's favorable declaration over your life. The blessing is a declaration from the mouth of our Father God over our life as His children. And in the same way that a father uh, with his words can curse or or um, hinder his son or daughter, so God's voice over us, when he speaks a blessing, it declares and, and that declaration produces something in our life. The blessing of God is to be desired by the believer. And the blessing of God is yours because you are a child of God. The blessing of God is God's favorable declaration. It's the good thing that God has spoken over your life. We end every service here at Kingsway with the blessing. That which was uh, pronounced and, uh, and prescribed by God to the priests of Israel. He said, I want you to pray a blessing over my people when they gather at the tabernacle or the temple. And I want you to declare these words. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. These words had prophetic power. They had the power to determine the outcome of these uh, of the lives of God's people. And God has declared this blessing over you. And these words are significant because they are the words... Uh, the words of the blessing are the picture of a person coming into the, into the presence of a king. And so when the blessing was declared, may the Lord raise his face upon you. It was a reference to the fact that you could enter into the king's court. And many times people would enter the king's court, but would not receive the king's attention. The king would ignore them, or he would uh, or glance over them. And not notice them. But the Bible says that you and I when we enter into the presence of God. Our God because he has blessed us. His face shines upon us. He is not ignoring you. But he is looking towards you. With a good and positive disposition. It is his desire to see you. To know you. And to bless you. And then he says may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. This was regarding the fact that a king, not only uh, did you want his attention, but you wanted his good attention. You wanted to have the king look at you, but not with a frown, not with disdain, not with frustration, but with pleasure, with a smile. And so the blessing says, may the Lord shine his face upon you. In other words, may God smile upon you when you pray. Listen, church, if you have come to God by faith in the name of Jesus... Your sins have been forgiven. And you've been washed in the blood of Jesus. God is smiling on you this morning. Because you are his child. And he has declared his blessing upon your life. And that blessing has the power to bring advantage to your life. It has the power to open doors in your life. It has the power to shut doors in your life. The blessing of God is so powerful. The Bible says you cannot bless What God has cursed. Uh, The prophet Balaam tried to curse the nation of Israel. And God said, no, Balaam, you cannot bless what I have cursed. 
When you are under the blessing of God, hell itself can't curse you. The devil himself can't curse curse you. No witch or witch doctor can curse you. Come on, church. You have the blessing of God Almighty. And that blessing will protect you. That blessing will raise you up. I want you to walk through life this week and know the blessing of God is upon me. When you go apply for that job, just know the blessing of God is upon me. When you go and speak to the doctor, you know the blessing of God is upon me. Come on, somebody. And if God has spoken good over my life, then the devil himself cannot uh, uh, cannot uh, short-circuit that blessing in my life. The blessing of God is able to do more in your life than money. It is able to do more in your life than stuff. It is able to do more in your life than fame. If you have the blessing of God, you have the favor of God. And the favor of God will move mountains on your behalf. Say it again. Bless me indeed. The blessing of God is to be so desired as it was in the life of Jacob. Jacob pursued the blessing. Even though it belonged to his elder brother. But he pursued it until it was his. Because he understood its power. He understood its meaning. He understood that if the blessing of God is on you. Even if you don't have two cents to rub together. God will make a way and bring you up out of poverty and brokenness. And make you whole and make you strong. Come on somebody. Jacob understood the blessing was to be pursued. So valuable was the blessing that when Esau realized he had lost it. The Bible said he, he, he wept bitter tears because he understood he had lost something of great value. Church, you are the blessed family of God. God has spoken a favorable declaration over you. You need to rise up. Lift up your head, square your shoulders, and understand I am a child of God, and the blessing of God is on my life. If you believe that, say amen. He said, bless me indeed. Why is this so important? He needed a redefinition of his life. The definition he had been given was sorrow, pain, difficulty. He had been given a name. Which defined him. But he needed a new definition over his life. And so he's asking God to speak over him. To speak over him a redefining of who he was. A redefining of what it meant to be a child of God. I'm here today to tell you. It doesn't matter what may have been spoken over you in your past. And it doesn't matter what your circumstances may be speaking over you now. The blessing of God has redefined your life. And it has taken the broken and made it whole. It has taken the sick and made it healed. It has taken the broke and made it rich. It has taken the weak and made it strong. Come on somebody. The blessing of God will redefine you. It will change your name. And this morning you may have walked in here despairing about some things that are going on in your life. But I have a solution for you. And that is that you call on God. And watch God work in your life. Because His blessing will change the circumstances of your life. Has He done it for you already? Have you seen Him do it in your life? Shout Amen. Come on, I know you have a testimony of the blessing of God operating and working in your life. Then he prayed this second prayer. He says, bless me indeed. 
and enlarge my borders. Now he's asking God for increase. He's asking God to cause him to grow. He says, enlarge my territory. Do you realize that increase is the very culture and nature of the kingdom of God? Everything the kingdom of God touches increases. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 31 that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed sown by the sower. But when it is full grown, it is so, it is the largest plant planted by the farmer and trees will, uh, pardon, and, uh, and birds will make its, their nests in its branches. So is the kingdom of God. It begins small, but it always increases. You may be the only believer in your family. Listen well, please. You may be the only believer in your family. But that doesn't mean you'll always be the only believer in your family. Because the kingdom of God always increases. Come on somebody. The kingdom of God, the seed of the word may begin small. But then it begins to grow. It begins to flourish. It begins to take over. Just like the gospel took over in your life. And what began with a small seed. A small word of of, uh, of the gospel in your life suddenly became an entire lifestyle of faith in God. So the kingdom of God is in your family and in your life. God's desire for you is increase. That you grow. That you become all that you can be in Christ. That you mature to the fullness of the image of God uh, and the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Don't be satisfied with where you are. Don't be satisfied on the level that you have, uh, that you find yourself today. There's still more. More to have in God. More to have in the presence of God. More to do for God. There's still more souls to reach. Still more lives to impact with the gospel. Kingsway, you and I must desire increase because it's God's desire that we should see the kingdom advancing and growing until Jesus comes. That we might grow in the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ. And that the knowledge of Christ may grow in our community. Some people might say, well, you know, I don't believe God uh, really uh, cares about any of that. I think God wants us just to be faithful. I think God wants us just to, uh, just to be uh, faithful with what we have. And that's true in a sense. But what does it mean to be faithful? The Bible said that Jesus, uh, when He told the parable of the talents... He said, the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. But he didn't say that to the man that took his talent and hid it. He didn't say that to the man that was too afraid to do anything for God. He did that to the man that went and increased what he had. That took his two and made it four. That took his three and made it six. That took his, that, that, that took his five and made it ten. Are you listening today? God wants you to grow. He wants you to expand. And He wants you to expand the kingdom of God. That dream that's in your life. That vision that's burning in your heart. 
That thing that you forget about and you brush it away and you say, forget that. I'm never going to do that. But it just keeps coming back. It just keeps coming back into your life, into your heart, into your mind. And you think, maybe I could do that for God. Of course you can. You're a child of the living God. And he's put that within you that you might advance his kingdom and do great works for him. It's time to grow. It's time to increase. It's time to do more than you've done and to have more than you've had in the, in the presence of God. So many Christians get satisfied. They find a nice place to park and they just want to sit there in the shade. Not you, Kingsway Church. God has called you to greater heights. God has called you to greater things. It's time to rise up like Jabez and say, God, enlarge my territory. I want to do more for you. I want to do more for the kingdom of God. Come on, I don't want to just live until I die. I want to live until I die. I want to do all that I can until Jesus comes. Come on, somebody. Enlarge my territory. Make me more than I am. Say that out loud with me. Enlarge my territory. Does God want you to increase? I said, does God want you to increase? Then Then Jabez prayed this prayer. He said, let your hand be upon me and that you would keep me. He's now telling God, God, I need your presence. I need you present in my life. I need your hand upon me. What does it mean to have the hand of God upon you? What does it mean for God to put his hand upon someone in order to accomplish a particular work? Well, we see an example of this in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. This phrase is used several times in those books. It says about Ezra that the good hand of the Lord was upon him. And what happened when the hand of God was upon Ezra, a man who was in a comfortable setting, he was doing well in his career, he was living in Babylon, but he had become successful as a Jewish man in a in a a Babylonian or Persian state. And yet, the hand of God came upon him. And when the hand of the Lord came upon him, he began to desire to go back to Israel and to take the nation of Israel that was in Persia back to the, the homeland. This would be a remarkable thing because it had never happened in history. And so Ezra begins to be moved by the hand of God. And he begins to to call on that nation that was comfortable and sitting at ease in, in Persia. Begins to call them to come with him to go back to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. And so through the hand of the Lord upon Ezra, we begin to see the restoration of the nation of Israel and the returning of the people to the city of Jerusalem and the rebuilding of the temple. Then in the book of Nehemiah, we read about Nehemiah, how the hand of the Lord was upon him. And in 52 days, he was able to lead a group of people who were not masons, were not tradesmen or craftsmen, but he was able to lead them to rebuilding the walls of the torn down city of Jerusalem. Why? He said, because the good hand of the Lord was upon me. And when these men went before kings, the kings gave them their request. Why? 
Because the good hand of the Lord was upon them. And when these men faced obstacles and they faced adversity, they overcame it. Why? Because the good hand of the Lord was upon them. And when they were, when they were faced with discouragement and fear and the, uh, and the lack that comes to the human heart, they were able to rise up to the occasion and lead God's people to victory. Why? Because the good hand of the Lord was upon them. I don't know about you, but I have this confidence. The good hand of the Lord is upon us. And it's upon us to do good works and great things for the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. Jabez, ask God. God, put your hand on me. Use me. I don't just want to take up space. I don't just want to breathe air. And go through life and be a name in a list. I want my life to count. I want my life to be worth something. But I need your hand upon my life. And do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that God granted him his request. God gave Jabez what he asked for. Now there are some people who don't believe that God answers Prayers like that. They say, well, you know, Jabez, maybe you should make your prayer a little more realistic. A little bit, a little bit more toned down. Maybe ask for something smaller. But Jabez knew who he was talking to. He knew he was praying to. Come on. Is there anybody here that knows who you're praying to? And he knew that God was able. Come on, say it. My God is able. Say it again. Say it. My God is able. One more time. But this time I want you to say it like you believe it in the core of your being. My God is able. He knew his God was able. And he knew his God was willing. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible said that our God is able to do. Exceeding. And abundantly above all that we ask or could even imagine. Come on somebody. Is there anybody here that believes that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you ask? And God granted him his request. Now here's what astounds me. Jabez received these things from God without the name of Jesus. Without the blood of Jesus. Without the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. He did all of that under the old covenant. Before he had been given access to the things you and I experience by faith every day. Do you believe that if God did that for him under the old covenant. God can do greater works for you in the new covenant. Come on somebody. Why, Pastor? Because you and I have the name of Jesus. I said, you and I have the name of Jesus. I said, you and I have the name of Jesus. Come on, if God could bless Jabez before he knew how to pray in the name of Jesus, how much more will he bless you who have the name of Jesus in your, in your lips and you're able to pray in faith in that name which opens doors? You and I have the blood of Jesus. We have the new and the living way. 
We have a door of open access to the presence of the living God through the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son. Come on, somebody. You and I have access to God through the precious blood of Christ. And then we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible said that the Holy Spirit teaches us to pray. And He helps us pray, for we don't know how to pray. He helps our weakness. He directs our prayers in the direction of the heart of God. And so you and I this morning have a greater cause to believe. Jabez needed a change in his life. Jabez wanted to see something moving in his life. And he believed God. How much more you and I this morning, who have the mighty name of Jesus... Who have an open door through the blood. Who have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You and I should pray, Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be upon me and be with me. Come on, somebody. And God will do exceeding and abundantly above all that you could ask or even imagine. Would you stand with me, please, this morning? Do you believe God answers prayer? I said, do you believe God answers prayer? I'm going to ask the elders to come forward, please. And this morning's altar call, we're going to do a little different. I'm going to ask the elders to come. The Olvedas, if you'll come also. Trina, would you come also? Just come and stand facing this congregation. And every person here that says, Pastor Isaac, I want to join my faith with someone else in prayer this morning. And I want to believe God. For breakthrough in these different areas of my life. The Bible says where two or three come together in the name of Jesus. That he is there. And the Bible says that we are to call for the elders of the church. And so some of the elders are here this morning to pray with you. And I want you to come in faith. And we're going to believe that God is going to hear your prayer. Just like he heard Jabez's prayer. And he's going to answer you. Would you come? Come, it's time to pray. It's time to seek God for an answer. And the answer is in calling on the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.